welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Uh, Raptors lose tonight 105-96 to against the Boston Celtics. Um, kind of an annoying game to watch, mostly because even though the Raptors were in it the entire time, it just felt like the Celtics could pull away at any given moment. And they were almost waiting on the Raptors to maybe hit a second gear, maybe make a little bit of a push. They even did take the lead briefly for parts of the third quarter. Um, but yeah, not nearly enough quality to overcome uh, what the Celtics have. And I mean, to be clear, the Celtics didn't even come into this game with Jalen Brown. They don't need them to beat the Raptors, just like they didn't need Jason Tatum to beat the Raptors earlier this year. Didn't need Chris Tasperzingas to beat the Raptors earlier this year. You know, they 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 got like seven, eight guys to show up on any, any of the seven, eight guys on their team. And they give the Raptors a real run for their money. Raptors have already been swept by the Celtics. It's not even the halfway mark of the season. Raptors are now 0-10 in their own division. They are now 15-25 and 25 in the record books overall. And um, yeah, I mean, just a real difference, a real golfing class between the two sides here. Um, the Celtics... Three-point shooting. We know they're a much better three-point shooting team than the Raptors, but my goodness. Celtics made 16 threes. The Raptors made four. Let me just say that again. The Celtics made 16 threes. The Raptors made four. If you are going to be outscored by 36 points uh, at the three-point line, you have almost no chance of winning. I mean, especially against a team like the Celtics, who are pretty good at protecting the paint. Um, you know, the Raptors only shoot, uh, what, 40% overall. They actually shot better from two than the Celtics did. The Celtics shot, you know, under 40% from two. But, you know, the Raptors also put them on the foul line more. Um, and, yeah, um, you know, the chances just weren't really there. I mean, it, it, the start of this game was, you know, gave you the, the exact omen that you did not want to see because the three of the first four possessions by the Raptors, they got blocked by the Celtics. Like, three of the first four possessions, like, you know, like I understand that the Celtics have really good rim protection. I understand that, you know, they got really good help defense that, you know, fell out of zone. They took away the paint against the Raptors. You know, they switched pretty well and they got a lot of switchable defenders. And then, you know, it's easy. It's hard to get into the paint. But right away, the Raptors getting blocked repeatedly. And it, yeah, I mean, the Celtics took the lead and, and they really, really never looked back. Save for like a brief push to start the third quarter. The Raptors came out strong. Um, Thad Young, uh, despite not starting the second half, played a lot of the third quarter with the starters because Jonte Porter got the start tonight and he picked up his fourth foul early uh, in the third quarter. And so he came out, Thad Young came in and Thad, you know, threw three really nice dimes to set up, you know, Pascal, set up, uh, you know, Scotty, set up RJ for an and one. And, and that briefly got them the lead and honestly, you know, got a little bit of excitement in the building, you know. Maybe, maybe they do something. And unfortunately, when the Raptors did take the lead, they just made a couple of pretty bad plays. You, you had a play where Celtics turned the ball over and it was a three-on-one fast break with Scotty Barnes running it. Like, that's about as ideal as you can get in terms of a scenario. And Scotty ended up making the wrong pass. He tried to force it to Pascal to his left, even though quickly was running wide open to his right. Tatum read the pass and picked it off. Like, a turnover and three-on-one fast break, like, it's terrible. It's just terrible, right? And then um, then you had the ball swing around, and Thad Young is wide open in the corner. And whatever, say what you want about Thad. Never been a consistent three-point shooter in his career, but we're talking about a wide-open corner three, and he airballed it. Um, and then RJ got a wide-open three. 
he missed that as well. Meanwhile, the Celtics start to find the rhythm and they find the rhythm. And as soon as the Raptors second unit guys come in, the Raptors start to lose more and more momentum to the point where uh, despite the Raptors actually taking the lead in the third quarter and overcoming uh, a six point deficit at halftime, the Raptors actually ended up, uh, you know, still being down by nine uh, to, 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 to wrap the, uh, the third quarter. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was just unfortunate. It really was an unfortunate game. Um, you definitely felt like, you know, uh, there was just, a, again, a, a big difference in quality between the two sides. Raptors go, go on an offensive drought. A, a lot of it was just the Celtics. The better they did in protecting the paint, um, you know, the better this game went for them because the Raptors just couldn't punish them at all from an outside. Down the stretch, Raptors got plenty of open threes, you know, quickly missed a wide open three. Pascal missed a wide open three from the corner. Um, you know, Dennis missed an open three from the corner, quickly misses another three. You know, Raptors get a second chance possession on that one. Pascal then misses an open three, like just a smattering of open threes. Meanwhile, the Celtics, like, it's not like they were like raining down the way that the Celtics can. I mean, this is just kind of an average game for them to, to hit, what, 16 for 39 for 41%. Like, that's pretty close to the season average. But you even have plays where it was like, okay, you know, Drew Holiday will come down the court and he'll just pull up for three and he'll knock it down like it was nothing. Or the Raptors double team Tatum at the top of the floor, get him to give up the ball. The ball swings over into the corner. Uh, Derek White catches it deep in the corner right in front of the Raptors bench and he shoots a corner three over top from the corner, deep corner, shoots it over top of the backboard and it swishes in. Stuff like that where it's just like there was just a big, big disparity in the quality of players between the two sides. And, um, yeah, and again, I can't stress this enough. This is the Celtics team without their highest-paid player uh, in Jason or in Jalen Brown. Um, you know, if you want to say the Raptors are missing a couple pieces, sure, there was no Yaka Pirtle, and uh, Gary Trent was ruled out shortly before game time due to flu-like symptoms. So hopefully those two guys can get right and get back and, you know, um, help this team because – I think they had been playing better basketball, even though the results weren't there. But yeah, I mean, you look at the final stat lines for a lot of guys and just wasn't enough. Um, I think it comes down to the two leading guys for you, uh, Pascal, even though he's had some good games against the Celtics this year, really did struggle against them. Um, the Celtics did a great job of protecting the paint. Although like Pascal just missed a bunch of opportunities as well. Couldn't knock down the three. Ends up finishing with 17 points on 5 of 15 shooting. Defensively, you know, a minus in this one as well. So that's not ideal. But then, of course, you would want pass, or you want Scotty to pick it up for you. But Scotty, in a lot of this game, just didn't really feel like either he didn't get the ball, or you know, didn't command the ball, or the ball just didn't get to his hands. Whatever you want to say, I mean, you could you could always find sort of like reasons or like supposed excuses. But I mean, five of twelve, you know, oh two from three, doesn't get to the foul line. Ten points on in forty one minutes. I mean, he had the ball enough for that. You know, it's funny because there were some pretty impressive makes in there. There's one play where he went one-on-one against Tatum and scored. That was beautiful. Um, late in the game, he had Chris Tasperzingis in the corner, took a strong to the basket, literally bodied, you know, a seven-footer out of the way and got in for a layup. Honestly, he could have been called an and one. So, like, it's not saying that Scotty can't score. It's just that, like, when you see those moments, you go, wow, he just scored over Tatum, which is a really good defender, and he scored over Porzingis, who's a really, really big rim protector. You know, how is this not happening on a more consistent basis? But, yeah, I mean, you know, 10 points, 5 of 12 shooting. And you might say, well, other guys are shooting a lot. Yeah, sure. Like, I, I agree. The ball movement tonight wasn't wasn't strong by the Raptors. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, 
it just it just wasn't strong. But still, like it's it's not like other guys didn't take their opportunity to score. Like Andre Barrett, I mean, outside of missing the threes, did a great job of getting downhill and attacking the basket. Unfortunately, missed a, a, a layup late as well. That was pretty key. The Raptors were like within one or two possessions, and, and that could have given them a little bit more momentum to sustain. But RJ was super aggressive, getting downhill, um, you know, off of cuts, off of curls. He's been really good at doing that. And yeah, he didn't have the three going, but he was still able to find you know little gaps in the defense, and especially when the when the bigs had the ball, whether that's uh, Jonte, you know, lifting the ball at the top and trying to take Porzingis out of the play and try to defend him up there on the perimeter, or Thad Young, you know, distributing from the high post, like. RJ's done a good job cutting off ball and just getting himself open. He's got a good scorer's mentality. Um, and he's been getting downhill. He's just scoring quickly. You know, he missed some open threes in the fourth quarter that you really, really needed from him. Out of all the guys on the team, you really needed him to score uh, from the outside the most because he has the most scoring talent from the perimeter. But he missed open threes. But ultimately, I, I liked his approach too. Um, 21 points on 8 of 20 shooting is not exactly super efficient, but then again, I, I think he, I, I didn't take that many exceptions to that many shots that he missed. Like, I would love for him to like finish a little bit stronger instead of going with a floater all the time. Um, but I understand that it's a really, really difficult team to, you know, score in the paint around. Again, they got, they started Horford and Porzingis. That's, that's pretty big in terms of just size, uh, rim protection. And then Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jason Tatum. I, I don't even know who you're supposed to attack in that group. Like, seriously, that's, that's five guys who, um, have a case or had a case in the past to be all defensive team. Like, they're, they're all that good. So it's difficult to find the right guy to attack. But still, I thought quickly was aggressive, lo- was looking to get downhill. Um, and, yeah, if he just made a couple more threes, which is probably the case for the whole Raptors team. Fortunately, the Raptors got very little lift off the bench. Um, Chris Boucher, I thought, just came in and, and took some, you know, ill-advised shots. Just wasn't in the right positions. Um, and defensively, I thought he was actually okay. Uh, but offensively, they really needed a spark from him. And to be honest, he actually got some open-ish looks. And yeah, I mean, like everyone else, they couldn't make some threes. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to be repeating that phrase quite a bit. Thad Young was just largely looking to make the extra pass. The fact that he leads the team with seven assists in 16 minutes is a sign that he was really unselfish and is a sign that he was making the right passes. However, he's also just like, you know, he, he'll be right under the basket, wide open for a layup, but he'll still look to pass to someone else to dump it off to because he's a little bit worried about can he finish strong? Can he finish above the rim? Um, I suppose I don't mind, but it does feel like sometimes where it's like he's passing to a point where it comes from a place of not feeling confident in his abilities anymore versus like feeling, uh, you know, like there was a better shot around them. Um, and then McDaniels. You know, there was a stretch there in the fourth quarter where McDaniels went to the foul line and the Raptors had cut it to single digits. And, you know, you just needed him to, you know, maintain that momentum. Like, I'm not expecting him to run the offense, but goes to the foul line, misses both. That was disappointing. And then another play where the ball swung to him early in the possession in the corner. Uh, Porzingis was guarding him. So McDaniels is actually supposed to center in this case. But Porzingis wasn't giving him a hard closeout and the pass was right there. The right play would have just been to take the three. But instead, he turns down the three, and then the Raptors, you know, work some action. They actually get the ball back to McDaniels, who's now moving off the catch, and he tries to drive it into the paint, and he gets swatted um, by Porzingis as he drives through the lane, which is not a surprise. I mean, Porzingis is a premium shot blocker, but it's like if you're turning down the wide-open three, but instead you want to drive into a seven-foot-three shot blocker, that's just bad process. You know, like, that's just bad process just really is not recognizing where the advantages were 
Um, you either take that three and, and you are involved in that possession or you give up the ball and you just get out of the way. But you don't try to go one-on-one against, you know, a, a shot blocker like that. Um, and then Dennis was Dennis was fine. Like, Dennis um, found opportunities to use his quickness to drive and attack. It seemed like he had some confidence attacking Peyton Pritchard, as he should, to be honest. Like, you know, he did at least outplay Peyton Pritchard. I mean, pretty clearly Dennis had 13. Uh, Pritchard was one of seven and missed a bunch of threes. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately you didn't see the same kind of like, you know, uh, dynamic action with, uh, Schroeder and quickly in those two point guard lineups. Um, I think those have been really good recently, especially when they put RJ with that group as well. So you got three guys who can kind of handle kind of attack off the dribble. Obviously you like them to catch and shoot. Nobody today was able to catch and shoot efficiently from three for the Raptors, but still those have been good looks and I've been liking the process and liking good looks. But again, the Celtics did a good job of you know, keeping the Raptors on the perimeter with their switching. And if it wasn't switching, they played a bunch of zone. And then if they didn't play a lot of zone, they also just got good individual defenders who can make plays. So ultimately, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that the Raptors started this game getting blocked three straight times was uh, was was a bad omen for the team. Ultimately, the, the second half defense was strong. Like, if you want to look at a silver lining, I suppose, the Raptors held Boston to uh, only 44 points in the second half. That is rather difficult. And the Raptors... Because of that defense, we're able to cut it to single digits. You know, at a point where, you know, Boston had to call the timeout when the lead got down to eight for them. Then when the lead got back down to six for them, they called another timeout. Unfortunately, the Raptors only could get as close as four points. Scotty got around Chris Tass for a baseline drive, finished strong, great play. Would have loved to see more of it. Uh, only down four at that point. But then the Raptors tried to double team Tatum. Tatum makes a good pass. And it goes to White in the corner. And again, he he literally shot this like high arcing moonshot over top of uh, the backboard for a three. And that put it back up to seven. So uh, unfortunately, Raptors just had no answers at that point. And, uh, you know, they couldn't really get closer. But still, you know, decent-ish effort. Like, I, I think for me, the, the question there would be just, okay, fine. Um, was this a game that they lost based on bad luck? Because they did shoot 432 from three. Um, and, you know, they still were within four at, at, at a key juncture, like two minutes left in the game. I mean, part of that for me is just like, I think the stuff like this will happen, right? Like, yeah, Pascal was on a hot th- streak from three, but we know Pascal's an inconsistent three-point shooter, and 0 for 6, even though it's below his averages, it's, it's not like out of the question for him, you know. Um, he, he's not a very consistent three-point shooter. He'll probably top out at like, he'll probably finish the year probably around 32, 33, 34% in that kind of range. And it you would like it to not be like missing everything and then also then making everything for a while. And he's been hot from three. So I'm not saying that, you know, this over six game defines him. Just like I don't think his like five or six games have defined him from three. Um, but there is that kind of wild inconsistency with them. You know, Scotty was on the ball uh, more than he was playing off ball. And when he was off ball, he wasn't confidently looking for the three either. We've seen games this season where Scotty's been, you know, letting loose from three. There's that game against the Celtics earlier this year where he took 15 threes. And the broadcast was even joking about, you know, because this is right after Darko said his infamous quote, um, you know, it's not like we're keeping Steph Curry on the bench. Well, then all of a sudden the next game, Scotty Barnes shoots 15 threes, makes seven a career high. And the broadcast was joking about maybe we do have Steph Curry on the team. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, come on. No, we don't have Steph Curry in the team. But, like, still, um, we've seen him be super aggressive with the three. Today, only 0 for 2. Would love to look back on the tape and see if he could have taken a couple more of those. 
Um, Jonte Porter came out and was aggressive looking for the three. I mean, he hasn't really been shy in terms of shooting, but I also feel like he's not picking the wrong spots to shoot. But I think part of his game is he wants to establish, and Darko said this um, after, either after the Jazz game or at practice the other day, that he does want to see Jonte shoot more because he does see Jonte as a really good shooter. And if you can space the floor for you, then all of a sudden you have this sort of like spacing five who can play a bit of defense who can be really solid for you. It's a pretty ideal backup center if he can get to that point. Unfortunately, he wasn't really able to knock those threes down. He's not like a super high percentage guy in the G League either. Um, but he, you know, he can clearly shoot it. Um, but I think the, the disappointing thing here today is Jonte's defense has been quite good, mostly as a help defender. Um, or even in the Memphis games when like John was trying to go at him or Jaron Jackson was trying to go at him. Today, he just really struggled to guard Chris Asperzingas. There was a stretch at the end of the, th- the second quarter where the Raptors fouled Porzingis just doing a regular post-up, three straight trips, all resulting in free throws. Porzingis tonight had 12 uh, foul uh, attempts, which is half of Boston's total. And it was not Jonte give all those fouls, but still, he really struggled with that Porzingis matchup, trying to you know defend a guy against a guy who wants to shoot over the top of him and is so much taller. A lot of those are just reaching and stuff like that. So not the strongest Jonte performance, but he did get his first career start with the Raptors. Um, and yeah, happy for him. I mean, he, he's on a good run there. Um, and yeah, I think that especially with Jakob out, there's an opportunity for him to find minutes. But to be honest, like since the precious trade happened, like the Raptors actually do have more opportunities available to them at the backup center position. So he's kind of first in line until at least the Raptors make more roster changes and bring in somebody potentially at that spot. But for now, it's his to sort of run with. And, you know, he didn't run with it today in his career, his first, like, Raptors start. But this is also a pretty tough matchup to, to run it against. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I just think that if you, again, want to look at the positives, Raptors defense has been really weak of late. And so to see them, you know, hold Boston to 44 in the second half, hold them to 105 overall, like, that's quite good. That is quite good defensively. They played good enough defense to win tonight. And part of the, you know, why is that, you would ask? Well, first off, I think that, you know, they did a good job of keeping Tatum from getting downhill. Aside from one, like, downhill blow-by slam dunk with two hands uh, and where he put that kind of on a poster. Um, aside, aside from that, I thought Tatum actually just couldn't really get to the paint nearly as easily as he might have in other games. The Raptors, you know, threw different matchups at him. Even when they switched, I thought their help defense was good, just like stacking extra bodies and forcing them to go to other options like a Derek White, like a Drew Holiday. Um, and yeah, that's that's what the game plan should be. Like Darko was smart in knowing, doing that because you don't have Jalen Brown, who's your typical number two option. You should try to force Tatum to be more of a passer. Even the shots that Tatum was shooting, a lot of contested mid-range pull-ups or pull-up threes, he wasn't that efficient on. So the fact that you held him to 19 points and 7 of 19 shooting is actually quite good. Um I think where the breakdowns were regrettable were like the Raptors couldn't really fully contain Chris Tapps on, you know, post-ups. The Raptors just gave up way too many fouls on those. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm relatively okay if Chris Tapps wants to shoot the mid-range. Clearly, he's very good at it, and he's going to shoot over the top of everybody on the Raptors roster. But still, like, you don't want to send him to the foul line 12 times when he's a really good foul shooter. And then Drew Holiday just has, like, a certain, like, he plays like a big man. He kind of has like a, almost an unpredictable quality to him. Sometimes he just chooses to be more aggressive. We saw this in games last year, for example, where the Raptors were playing against Milwaukee when like Giannis was out and Drew Holiday would just take over and he would dominate with the scoring. So he has this extra gear to him. Typically speaking, this year he's been quite reserved for Boston with his scoring, but today he clearly took it to a different level, was super aggressive looking for his offense inside and out. The fact that he's a 
a guard who can also post up and score and split double teams and stuff in, in the paint is is really difficult to deal with. And then White, I mean, honestly, he's just he's just become such a good three-point shooter that you have to close out hard on him. And then he's also a really good in-between player, both with the runners, a little awkward game, making the extra passes. He's just, yeah, he 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 moves well without the ball as well. And there wasn't even that good of a game from him, 7 of 18. And, you know, uh, I've seen him play even better than this, for example. But still, in a couple of games against the Raptors, especially shorthanded, um, White has been able to scale up his game and uh, push the Celtics over the top. So, yeah, I mean, at least the Raptors contain most guys on the Celtics bench. But, hey, like, that's that's not exactly a compliment to the team. I think the, the way the Raptors would have won this one, A, they needed to shoot better from three. There's, that's the most obvious part. But I also think that, like, I'm pretty disappointed in Pascal and Scotty. Like, as the top, as the number one or two options on this team, the, the fact that they gave you a combined 27 points on 27 field goal attempts is just not good enough. Like, it really isn't. And for Scotty, I think I just wanted to see more of him attacking, more of him being in possession to uh, positions to attack. Um, I think that, yeah, I mean, whether you want to put that on coaching, whether you want to put that on him, whether you want to put it on his teammates. I don't know. There's always a bit of finger pointing. I'm not trying to do the finger pointing. I'm just trying to diagnose why. Um, but still, I think the ultimate result and the ultimate goal should be to get him more looks or for him to want to get more looks. Because in the moments where, again, the most exhilarating parts of the Raptors in this game was like Scotty taking Tatum one-on-one and get him to the basket or Scotty, you know, taking Chris Tass to the ba- to the basket and scoring. Those are really good. For Pascal, he's had some really good games against the Celtics this year. You know, like last game when they when they went to Boston and they lost shorthanded, but Pascal had an amazing game in that one. Um, you know, there was a game back here in Toronto where Pascal was really good in that one. Uh, you know, even scoring one-on-one against like White or Holiday or, you know, guys like that, Jalen Brown. Um, today just didn't have that same zip, that didn't, didn't have the same effectiveness. Um, and... You know, he did get a couple of transition opportunities to drop for him. Of course, you would expect that. Um, but you needed a three-point shooting to continue to stay hot tonight, and that didn't happen for him 0 for 6. But also, I just think that his, like, one-on-one attacks against, you know, because he typically looks at, like, Derek White, for example, and sees a mismatch, which is kind of wild to say because Derek White is a really good defender. But, you know, he he has the confidence to score against some of these guys. He just couldn't do it tonight the same way they did earlier in the season. So, um, if that had shown up alongside of RJ and alongside of uh, Emmanuel, who both missed some pretty vital plays down the stretch, maybe the Raptors would have, you know, pulled off the upside here. But realistically, the Celtics are just on a much different level. And you de- always felt, I always felt watching this game like Celtics got something in reserve. And if they need to, they can hit the next gear. But otherwise, they're just going to like keep it as is. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's just the Raptors were at arm's length the entire time. And uh, the fact that they couldn't even force them out of, that gear to hit their top gear is disappointing. I think the other thing that's a little disappointing, I mean, I don't even know if disappointing is the right word, but maybe it's a little surprising. This is probably the game where I saw the most uh, opposing fans in the building for, in terms of, like, the the mix. It felt like at least, I don't know, man, 15% of the, the, the arena was Celtics fans, especially in the lower bowl, just tons and tons of Celtics fans. And I get it. Celtics are a historical franchise. Um, you know, Toronto is not too far from Boston, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They're also a really good team and they got like a really marketable stars or whatever, but it just kind of surprised me. I mean, even in the warmup in, in the, uh, opening lineup announcements, it was like every single Celtic got a big cheer, including Tatum, who got as big of a cheer as anybody on the Raptors, honestly, on the intros. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've obviously we're not on the same level of Boston to like, you know, try to be rivals with them. It's, it's if, if that's the case, it'd be a one-sided rivalry. But 
still, I mean, I thought, I thought like, I thought we didn't like the Celtics. I, th- I thought, you know, we were, we were uh, a little stronger, more proud about that, but you know, Hey, listen, and good for Boston, I guess. Um, anyway, your three stars from tonight's performance to wrap up the show. Your first star, I, I'll probably give it to RJ. Yeah, I'll give it to RJ. 24 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Um, he fouled Tatum a couple times one-on-one, um, and he missed a couple key opportunities. But overall, I liked his approach. It was sharp from the beginning, led the Raptors in scoring the first uh, quarter and finished with 24 yeah, I mean, again, like this is not an easy defensive score against. So the fact that he got U24 is pretty good. Um, unfortunately, you would like to see more for the opportunities converted down the stretch. But, you know, it is what it is. Your second star, probably give it a quickly 21.6 rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, eight of 20 from the field, two of seven from three. I mean, you would like to see a bit more balance between playmaking and scoring. But at the same time, I feel like he's very much the type of point guard where he needs to establish how much he's scoring to then set up other guys. Um, maybe in a different context, you could set up just Pascal and Scotty to score when they're really red hot and it's easy because we've seen him do that as well in that playmaking type of mold. For example, that Warriors win, I think he had like 10 assists. Meanwhile, Pascal and Scotty were both cooking. This was not that kind of game. So um, I don't mind quickly looking for his offense. Uh, I generally don't have too many issues with the type of shots he takes. Uh, and I like that he was aggressive tonight. It's just you would wish for more efficiency, but he was okay. And then third star, I mean, I don't even know, man. Third star, I'll give it to Thad Young, man. Coming in the game and just diming guys up, uh, the 0.7 assists, 4 rebound, 2 steal stat line is is got to be ultra rare, to be honest. Like, this is like a it's like a Brevin Knight stat line coming off the bench for the Charlotte Hornets type of thing. Or I guess they weren't even the Hornets. They were the Bobcats at that point. So, uh, shouts to Thad, your third star. I uh, can't believe it. Your Gerald Hennison Award winner, I'll probably give it to... I'll give it to Drew Holiday. Holiday's been averaging like, I think he's averaging like 10 points on the season, honestly. He just hasn't needed to score for Boston at all. Yeah, he's averaging 12.8. So, I mean, I was underselling it. But yeah, he finished with 22 points tonight, six rebounds, seven assists, and was super efficient. So, yeah, that's your recap. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptors show. And uh, yeah, I'll be back with a couple more recaps this week. They're a busy week for the Raptors at home.